Welcome, everyone, to the Guns, Gear, and Beer podcast. I'm your host, Derek Campbell, with MoGuns.com. Tonight, I'm joined with Adam from Knight's Armament and the living meme himself, Papa Grantham. How are you guys doing tonight? What up? Going on? Uh, this uh, this episode has probably been the, the most hyped up from any of the others, just because the people that that love you, Grant, they, they <laughs> love you. I mean, you're a couple notches down from cult following at this point. No, no, we are cult. It's not. Let's not pretend it's something that's not. So, how did you? Uh, how did you get into YouTube, man? Oh man, uh, you know, I think my very first video is um, still on YouTube, and uh, it's just me shooting some fucking shitty tactical SKS out in the desert. I don't know, man. I've just been. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking embarrassing, but I've been shooting for a while, and um, just started filming myself shooting. You know, just kind of as a little kind of side thing. And uh, as, um, as you know, I became more informed in the firearms world as I began to instruct, as I began to uh, see things, as I, be, as I went into the military and had some experiences, uh, I saw a lot of really dumb shit fucking, uh, like, ideas and, like, <laughs> uh, explanation videos out there. So I felt the need to purge that, that, uh, that filth, my knowledge. Purge is an excellent, excellent way to put it because there's, there's some really crazy people out there on YouTube trying to tell other people how to do things. No, it's not so much crazy. I mean, I, I agree there are crazy people, but I'd say more just dangerously um, overinflated opinion of, of themselves. You know, guys who have, you know, been shooting for, you know, maybe, maybe a couple of years, but no real experience. You know, you can shoot for a long time, but not really learn anything. You know, you yep. see a lot of, I'm not going to mention any yep. big YouTubers, but there's some big YouTubers out there, like huge guys who shoot a shit ton, but like their firearm skills are severely lacking, you know, like, like Lucas. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, me, yeah. You know, Lucas is fucking awesome. I won't say that. He is. He is. I'm surprised he's not here tonight. You know, we're, uh, we're going to be doing a video uh, next weekend, actually. Ooh. But anyhow, yeah, dude, there's some big YouTubers, and they fucking shoot a lot, dude, but they're not good, you know what I mean? And, uh, yes. you know, you know they, they bring out, like, a, a fucking rifle, and they're like, they shoot it, like, you know, chicken winging, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is a great rifle. I'm like, how the fuck would you know that? You shot, like, 50 rounds through it. It's just, I fucking hate the, the YouTube industry sometimes. So, anyhow, man, that's kind of why I got into it. That's a long-winded answer. Shit. <laughs> that That's awesome. Uh. At one point, did you realize that uh, the YouTube thing could be just uh, more than just a fun way to shoot guns and film yourself? Like, you know, um, for the longest time, hovered around maybe two to three K subscribers, and um, it only really took off when I decided to really delve into gear and just dispel a lot of a lot of myths and you know use my experience, my knowledge to kind of I don't know. Uh, explain things that are pretty basic, but th there just weren't good explanation videos out there on like plate carriers and helmet setup and all that kind of stuff. Is and that was like uh, December when I started doing that, and that's when it just exploded. I went from like 4K I'm at seven now or 73K right now. So yeah, it, crazy it, growth. It yeah, exploded overnight, <laughs> man. So I don't, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. But uh, yeah, around March is when I realized I'm like, oh my god, this is getting crazy. 
that that's awesome well and not only do you just have like good simple explanations on things the uh the production value on them is really well like you're, you're filming set with the black background uh, and yeah, the endless stream of flannel shirts <laughs> you know um out of everything I get requested to do, you know, like review this firearm or review this light, the most requested item is always a flannel shirt. And um, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to go about it. I'm not, I'm not even joking when I, when I say I probably have close to 2,000 um, emails about the flannel. Like it's in, insanity. So you need to start your own line of flannel well, shirts. Apparently, I've, I've been trying to get in contact with, uh, who is it? Hell, Slate Gear? Because I know they make some yes. flannels, but uh, we'll see. I've always thought that uh, flannel shirts that were the flannel design, but the color palette of various camel patterns would be very popular. You know, you know, like a multi-cam flannel. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I'm going to go big, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> I guess we could fucking do it. Yeah. I've never even thought, oh God. The, it, it would be amazing. People would the, love it. The possibilities. Yeah. You know, um, it, it would definitely work. Um, you know, now I'm going to get a bunch of fucking uh, emails about multicam flannel. Monetize it for someone else does. <laughs> for real. Now, speaking of which, um, you know, I'm finally coming out with, like, shirts and shit. And I know people have been begging me for that stuff. So that's coming down the line. So things – and then we're coming out, actually, with some uh, other gear. So things are things are going well. I'm uh, – it's, it's, it's good. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, how, how did the thought memes become, become your go-to – Oh signature you know tagline I, <laughs> you know i had a surefire x300u on um my glock and i posted a a uh, picture of it and i can't remember the the precise fan but one fan said man that's a hell of a thought detector or something like that <laughs> and it just cracked me the hell up dude and so i i was like dude you mind if i start saying thought he's like it's not mine man so to start saying it and i don't know why but it's stuck and here we are now just the meme lord and all that shit <laughs> went out of control <laughs> uh before we started the podcast we also uh were discussing your ongoing uh jokes with larry vickers a little bit and all that got oh, started yeah. <laughs> yeah good old uh good old larry vickers so you know dan I i'll tell you what uh i do I, I kind of send my videos to a couple buddies to have them like screen them and be like, Hey, is this, is this okay? And they'll be like, yeah, that's great. And I sent it to my buddies, the uh, CZP 10 C video. And they are like, dude, you probably shouldn't fuck with Larry Vickers. I'm like, why? They're like, dude, he'll fucking ruin you. I'm like, ah, I don't know. And so I was like, Oh fuck it. Let's do it. And uh, I published it. And I was actually no shit worried. Cause I got an email about an hour later and my buddy who works with Larry Vickers, was like, yeah, I showed it to him, and he didn't think it was very funny. I was like, oh, shit. But, um, <laughs> you know, a couple days later, I think he kind of got it or something because he posted a bunch of Mojicon crying and happy faces. So I'm guessing he's cool with it now. Or is he? Or is he? I don't know. Or maybe he's just going to, like, blacklist me from the uh, industry. We'll see. He's currently outside your house just lurking. <laughs> yeah, he's just waiting, waiting for me. Just with, like That new furniture looks great from the front yard. <laughs> you know he's pretty much like anti uh yeah, yeah larry vickers good good guy but i think i think there's some conflict of interest with companies in there is my only thing and that comes down to a lot of uh reviewers in my opinion and you know you get bought out you know man you just can't get bought out yep and but, it 
It happens to a lot of guys. It does. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really unfortunate. It's, it's an unfortunate part of the industry because on the one hand, you know, you need these guys to be able to, you know, support themselves. And, and like, for example, Larry Vickers has some great fucking videos, like great production quality and all that. And he wouldn't be able to do that without, you know, without the sponsorships. I understand that. So it's a double-edged sword, you know, man? Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have some good with the bad, I suppose, or bad with the good. There we go. Especially with the recent adpocalypse on YouTube. Oh, my God. Well, you know, here's the weirdest thing. I have not gotten hit with that yet. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I consider myself, um, well, I mean, not offensive, but I mean, I'm all about guns and gear, and I haven't gotten demonetized yet. So I'm waiting for it to come. Very little of my money comes from YouTube, so I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But even you, mean, you mean you don't pay for all that cool gear with the YouTube bucks? <laughs> you know, let's, let's, I mean, I think I put, I think, yeah, I do say it on my YouTube. All the gear is either issued gear uh, as part of my job or to some extent or another given from companies. And so, you know, I understand some people think it's a conflict of interest, but I look at it, at it this way. You know, if I'm buying gear, you see a lot of people trying to justify their purchase. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I bought XYZ, I'm going to be like, hey, this is a good piece of gear because I just spent, you know, 1500 fucking dollars on it. Versus when if it's given to me, I feel very little attachment to it. So I don't mind being like, hey, this is what's good. This is what's bad about it. So, I mean, there's good and bad because there can't, like, depending on kind of the deal that's going on with the company, I understand people can be kind of hesitant. But for the most part, what I do is I just take the product, no cash payment, do what I think about it and that type of stuff. And I think that keeps it mostly neutral or as neutral as you can be in the industry. Yeah, if you aren't invested in the product at all. Yeah, you know, it, and I go back and forth on it, man, you know, but I, I think I think I'm kind of at a sweet spot as far as like neutrality goes. Yep, yep. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, issued gears there. How much are you able to tell us about your uh, your day-to-day job? Not much, unfortunately. And so here's <laughs> the thing. Um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that for a second because this is a question I get all the time, which is, what's your MOS? What's your AFSC? What do you do? So I'm in the Air Force. Um, as far as what I do, it's not that it's like top secret. It's not. No job is top secret in the military. Like there's no job that's like, well, that I know of that's like, you know, you're not able to talk about. But, um, That's not what the guy at the bar told me. Yeah, for real. I'm black ops, right? But um, <laughs> what it is is that they don't want me to say what I – because I've, I've been growing arch, they don't want me saying who I am because then a company might be like, hey, Grantham, who is a blank blank or, you know, whatever, endorses this product. Therefore, this career field endorses this product. And you see that problem a lot. <laughs> oh, I, you see the, the Navy SEAL endorsed stuff oh, all I was the time. Say, Navy fucking SEAL. <laughs> so you see that happen all the time, man. So that was the, the thought process. And, you know, in the Air Force, we kind of like to consider ourselves the quiet professionals. So, yeah, we didn't want any of that going on. And so, you know, you can't I'm, – I'm sure people can search and find what I do. It's not that hard. Um, but you know, I just, I kind of try to keep on the DL now. I don't kind of put it out there anymore. So that's, that's where it's at. And then on top of that, I jobs right now, anyhow. So yeah, it's old news now. What's old news? Uh, it's my current job. So I'm, I'm in the process of going through another selection course because uh, I like getting my dick kicked in. So always, always, oh, having, damn. always having fun. 
good times good good times yeah. so but one of these days someone is gonna is gonna post a grantham exposed video or oh, something sure. like that i'm sure yeah get no, get no. lots of views dude i get i get teased so hard in my career field for my videos you have no idea well and uh what what i really love about your videos uh that is so rare in that uh, you're one of the few guys out there who's reviewing guns and gear uh, that's actually outgoing doing cool guy stuff in the real world but you don't you don't act like a a, a big dick pipe hitter that so many other guys who aren't trying to be yeah you know here's here's my thought with that man is uh i think i've addressed it in a video but like you see there's a lot of guys who are delta or whatever and they they kind of shit on guys who who weren't what they who don't do what they do you know and i, I don't think that's right man because like I could never fucking do be like an accountant. I'd be fucking terrible at it, and I would like crash a company into the ground. And I couldn't do that. <laughs> and I couldn't be a doctor, you know, man, because I'm just I'm I don't have that kind of personality. So like, I thank God that there's guys who can do that shit. So I never shit on guys who don't do what I do because that's a I think it's a really narrow minded uh, mindset to to think that way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So you know, if you think you're better than you know, if you think you're ever better than somebody, like you need a, you need to fucking rethink your life because but, that's that's what. But what if I have more Instagram followers than them? Am I better then? <laughs> now hold on. When it comes to Instagram followers, you are <laughs> shit better than that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. But yeah, man. So that's that's kind of how that. That's happens. awesome. Uh, I I I laughed really hard at the the Batman video you posted. Is there going to be a full YouTube video on that in the you future? Know, <laughs> you know, I'm going to start including the Batman character a little bit more. Um, kind of, and I've always done like I always have that mask with me at work, and I I use it a lot as a comic relief. And um, I did the impression a lot when I was going through my first selection course for this job to kind of like lighten the mood with the cadre. Because if you if you don't know kind of the atmosphere when you're going through selection, like it's really intense. Um, you're always in fear of being dropped, which is when you're just made to do an exercise just on the bat. And it, it's really tiring on your body. So I would do the Batman voice. I do like Batman references constantly to try to keep the mood light. So you know, I I, th- I think it's about time I bring that over to my YouTube channel. Absolutely. Can can we hear the Batman voice here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Help. Uh, None of us do. That's that's the running joke. Larry, help. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. I I think I think we put Adam to sleep. Uh, Yeah. Where where is he at? I mean, he's our head honcho guy here. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just over here doing dry practice. I'm not doing anything special. Oh, just dry practice with some, with some like, Gucci Knight's Armament rifle or something like that? It's actually... Hey, it's just this stock. cool laser pistol we're developing. That's all. No, it's just a bone stock Glock 35. It's a what? A stock 35. Ooh, nice. Very nice. I'm, I'm slowly uh, liking 40 cal. Ew. Ew, gross. Yuck. Hey, listen, you can be poor people or you can be a connoisseur of many things. 
Uh, plus, it was a it was a smoking deal, and forty at least around here is just as cheap as nine mil. So uh-huh. I got a long slide gun for three hundred fifty bucks, and that's that's and it's the same good. price. That's nice. Awesome. That's really good. You, you can't just dip into uh, the crate full of G18s that you have the vault at work. Not my gun, <laughs> bro. Not my gun. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Knights Army. Awesome company right there. Use their shit forever. Yeah, not like not the the coolest thing is honestly the museum of uh or the Institute of Military Technology, which is mm-hmm. uh our museum, um, which breaks everything down from you know the rock all the way up to you know whatever the latest innovation is in firearms. And then we have a whole nother side of the uh, museum which is um all of the military issued rifles for like most of the NATO countries. Like it's a pretty big, pretty big setup. Um, you'll see a lot of really odd stuff, like uh, all the weapons used by the Germans during World War II. Damn. America. You pick a country, it's in there. Uh, there's also the Colt sample room, which has every iteration of M16 from the original prototypes all the way up into the Mark 18 era guns. And then you've got got Eugene Stoner's sample room, which is every prototype and design that he ever made all in one area. So it's a how just just how. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I got, I got one question. Okay. Okay. So SR 15, your, your little, your, your kind of air 15 variant that you guys make, right? Yep. So, I've heard that you guys have kind of a different, slightly different bolt design, or you guys did something slightly different. I, I've heard some different things. Can yeah. you get it from the source? What, what have you guys done that makes it so much better? Um, so, our E3 system um, is a just the next step in evolution. Um, so, with our Mod 1 guns, our E2 guns, um, they ran an intermediate gas system. So, it's longer than a mid, shorter than a rifle. Okay. Uh, we took that, um, started moving into our E2. Uh, our E3 guns, which is our Mod 2s with the new URX4. Yeah. And we use um, midlife gas ports on our 14s and 16s, rifles on the 18s, and then carbines on the 11 and a halfs. But nice. it uses the bolt itself is a, a rounded uh, lug design, has mm-hmm. 20% more case head support. Um, also works, our gas tube is straight. Uh, we don't do any bend in it. And what that does, it lengthens dwell time and softens the gun up. Uh, our gas block itself, instead of being set screwed or pinned through the barrel, which introduces a little bit of stress, but it's just not a, like, it's not a great way to mount a gas block. Um, ours is indexed with a notch, and then we use a castle nut because the barrel's threaded uh, that pinches it against the shoulder of the, uh, the gas block journal. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's different than what anybody else is doing. Uh, it still accomplishes the same task. Uh, but those are kind of the reasons why our guns are so smooth because the length and dwell time, rounded bolt locks, bolt lugs, um, really soften uh, the transition between locked and unlocked. Um, also, our bolts are nice. the only ones warranted for twenty thousand rounds. So the actual oh shit the cost of maintenance on a knight's gun over time is less than what you know anybody else is doing because, as you know, general mil spec guns. You replace the bolt every 5K. Oh, yeah. Replacing carriers, 
whatever you got to do. Our gun just lasts longer. Um, yeah. All of our we make ninety eight percent of the gun in house. Uh, everything down to carriers, bolts, uh, uppers, lowers, barrels. Um, Damn. All of our muzzle accessories. So we're able to control every uh, variance and tolerance on the gun from start to finish. And that's why we get such a consistent product. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's kind what, of the, are, are your bolts for your, um, your 11 and a half, are those also rated for 20,000 rounds? Yep. Holy shit. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I've broken so many bolts in my SVRs cause I, I run suppressed well, like a solid 80% of the time. Well, here's one of the things I'm sure you find out most of the barrels that are on the market are overgassed. Oh yeah. Daniel's you know, with ours, the way we have everything ported, the way the gas system is being straight, not uh, upswept uh, in our bolt, we run on that. We're on the safe side, but we're on, on the ragged edge. Our guns are not overgassed when you add a can to them. So it's not beating the system to death. Nice. Yeah. That's, it's definitely a, a kind of a fine tuning thing because like, holy shit, man. I mean, I'm sure you guys have fired Daniel defense weapons, but like when I run that thing suppressed, it's painful. Well, did you, the, the problem, and I think DD has stopped doing this, mm. but for the longest time, their commercial, like they had two lines, they had commercial and then they had their, uh, their, their meal LD line, they call it. Yeah. Uh, gas ports were totally different. So the commercial stuff was like, you know, a worn out butthole. Dude, so, it's like a point, <laughs> it was like a point zero eight two or something oh, yeah. like that. Like they wanted people to be able to run fucking wolf ammo and, you know, unsuppressed. But then when you put like, anything hotter and you put a can on it you see pop primers um the system gets over pressure to the point where you got to start playing with springs and really heavy buffer weights and yeah all these things to get the gun to tame down um i i'm sure you guys understand there's a a significant difference in recoil impulse from suppressed to unsuppressed oh yeah you don't get that on a nice gun the gun behaves the same um it's movement, uh, the way it recovers, it's all, it's the same regardless if you're running can, no can. Uh, and if you want to get into suppressor technology, there's more NT4s in military inventory than every other military NSN suppressor combined. Oh, yeah. I want one of those real bad. I see, I see those everywhere, man. The, the NT4, yes, it is a old, old design. Um, it still can stand on its own legs uh, sound-wise. But you can't kill it. Like the blast baffles on those are twice to maybe three times as thick as the closest competitor. Like <laughs> I was listening to a story and they're like, man, I didn't know that your 249 or uh, I didn't know that the uh, NT4 was machine gun rated. And we're like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, we run this motherfucker on a saw all the time and it just doesn't stop. <laughs> we're like, oh, good to know. That's that's awesome. You're like, oh, you know, shit. You can run them on 10-3 guns. Um 14 and a half, you know, they're just, they're super easy on and off, uh, you know, and they, they can't kill them. They're fucking built like brick shit houses. Now, speaking of built like brick and awesome is me. I fucking, <laughs> I fucking <laughs> love your URX three, one rails. That was the most aesthetic fucking fucking rail yes. ever. Yes. Um, yes. I'm with you. Um, we just actually, so we have, um, in our five, five, six guns, we have SR 15s, which are the, our semi-auto guns, and then we have our SR-16s. Uh, uh, SR-16s are only, uh, because they're machine guns, government mill LE. Uh, yeah. We just did a l really limited commercial release 
of some, uh, we did, we got some uppers back from a government agency. They were SR-16s, 11 and a half, which is the URX-31 uh, rail. Oh, God. I picked one up and I was like, this is my favorite fucking setup. <laughs> uh, if, if you oh, check shit. out my Instagram, it's up there. But yeah, um, 11 and a half inch gun with the URX-31 is legitimately the, mo- the best balance setup I've ever ran. So fucking sexy. But it's also the most comfortable one. You're right. It's fucking sexy. Dude, how much do they cost? Let me buy one. Come on. Uh, dude, they were cheap. Like retail was fourteen seventy on. Oh my god! Oh damn! Are they gone? Uh, yeah, but I'm sure you know a guy who might buy one. All right, I'll look around. Yeah, you, you, you could just send me a message. Can I get it for free if I give you a shout out on Instagram? No. Uh, here, here's here's free information. Nothing's free. <laughs> well, you know, I'll pay you in a different one. I mean, I do accept sexual favors as payments. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Everyone in this industry does. I thought that was just well known. It's only gay if you push back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Larry, help. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God. Oh, yeah. So, one of my first uh, setups I ever did was a Knight's Armament. Thank God. Fucking loved it. That was a sexy gun. Yeah, like um, I still think, like uh, the original Mark 18s with the front, you know, the FSB, yeah, and the M4 Razrail, like that gun, it really pushed the gun development during GWAT. Like it was so ahead of its time. Um, it was super capable. You know, ten threes. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Short guns are still capable after three, four hundred meters. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're accurate. Um, if you have the right ammo selection, if it's a uh, brown tip, uh, 262, uh, any of the other really exotic stuff. It, yeah. I, it, I fucking it, love me some brown tip. Dude, give me that 70 grain Barnes TSX all fucking day. It puts <laughs> it hurting. It's hurting on pigs. Dude, we had a guy um, shoot, I want to say like three meters away with that shit, hit his chest and like exited out through his wild yeah man like they they got real the government got hold on let me phrase this correctly <laughs> the procurement agent for that uh round got real smart they're like wait a minute we need something that does great tissue damage and is lethal out to x amount of distance out of you know 10 3 14 and a half and whatever other lengths let's go look at you know hunting bullets oh yeah you know, shit that's designed to kill things and let's see what's optimized in that era. And, uh, yeah, I mean, barn, the 70 grain, so there's there's two different weights that's issued in brown tip or 5.56 optimized, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, you have a 70 grain, and then you also have a 77 grain. Uh, different uh, units will get different weights. Um, yeah. I don't have experience with the 70 grain. Uh, I've shot pigs with it. I've shot all kinds of different critters. And it fucking works on everything. I can imagine what it does on legit live tissue. Violent. Does it work on thoughts? <laughs> bro, it's what it's designed for. <laughs> it's designed for thoughts, bro. It's like the ultimate thought vaccine. <laughs> Dude, um, you know, speaking of like 10, 10 three barrels, 11, five, like, man, I, I see a lot of guys boohooing it, but like, I push my 10, three easily out to 300. Like, 
if you have the right optic, you're good. Like I run like an EOTech with magnifier right now and like on my personal gun and like definitely do all you're losing is velocity. So you just kind of have to zero the rifle slightly differently. But I mean, those rifles are so capable, man. Yeah, it, again, it comes down to ammo selection. Um, yeah. Like for me, uh, I have a variety of, like personally owned SBRs and um, I've got, you know, 10, three, 11 and a half, uh, 12 and a half. And I used to have a 13, seven. And I think I, I am a hardcore 10, three, 10 and a half guy. Always have been, always been in love with Mark 18. Um, oh yeah. But as of late, I've really started evolving and seeing the benefit of a 11 and a half inch to a 12 and a half inch system. It takes yeah. a short gun and makes it even more capable. Like 12 and a half inch with a can and a one to six is an amazingly capable system of anything from CQB to a mini recce system out to four or 500 meters. Um, and they can be inherently accurate as fuck if you get a good barrel. Like, uh, oh, my, yeah. My 12 and a half inch is a Hodge gun. Uh, Jim Hodge builds amazing rifles. Oh, he does. Yeah. Great and, stuff. Yeah. It, it's uh, for. For like an all-around, all-purpose gun, it's a really hard barrel length to beat. Ten uh, threes will always have a special spot, but I've really, in the last like, I don't know, six months to a year, I've switched over and, and gone more eleven and a half inch or twelve and a half. I, I fully agree with you, man. I think the eleven. I'm a big fan of the eleven and a half, and like, there's this for get, getting that extra inch, like, you get so many benefits that this can't be overlooked. And the only problem with them is that. Like big companies like Geisley are are not making ten and a half rails yet, and that's the only thing that sucks. Yeah, um, Bill makes some awesome stuff. Um, I'm originally from around that area, yeah. So, like I've known Bill for many many moons. Um, and you're right. Uh, the problem is you get like you get like nine, you get ten, and then it jumps up in like fourteen and a half ish. But there's nobody in that sweet spot outside of like Knights Hodge. Uh, and like one or two other companies, but like the SMR, fucking phenomenal rail. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, fucking crushing that shit. Yes, Grant is uh, is your upper a complete Daniel Defense upper? Uh, who might on your Mark eighteen? Uh, which one? The the, the mod one. Um, uh, I I'd only seen the one. Shows how much I know. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah, so the mod one. Uh, yeah, it's complete Daniel. So that complete SBR is all Daniel Defense, except for I changed out the butt stock and all that kind of stuff. So it was a Daniel Defense SBR, but um, that barrel—that's the only problem with it. That barrel, but yeah, uh, all Daniel Defense. Otherwise, okay, nice. Yeah. And what was wrong with your barrel? Uh, just the gas port size, like we were talking about. The uh, oh, yeah. like great accuracy. They make they make some great barrels, but like. God, they those gas ports are just enormous. Yeah, I mean they were just meant to run every commercially viable ammo on the market. It's what uh, a lot of manufacturers, you know, that that's the game we play. Like you have to figure out what is your customer going to shoot. Like, let's be honest, most shitty ammo. Well, it just depends on the on the company. You know, yeah. most people that own full night's gun aren't going to put fucking steel ammo through it. Back. Steel ammo while cheap still does damage and accelerated wear on barrels. It's been shown and proven. And it smells like shit too. Fact. Oh, hey, listen, man, you're coming from a dude who loves cheap ammo. I'll shoot you some <laughs> all day long. Um, but it's just not the demographic. So, you know, the guy, what we look for, or what we recommend is generally on the higher pressured side and good quality ammunition because 
we're still not that far out from the big ammo panic when companies were loading, you know, all the bullshit they could fucking find to get ammo out the door. And guys sat on it and sat on it, not knowing that they potentially have a fucking hand grenade that they're going to shove and pull a trigger on. Yeah. And until probably not for another two years, will it be safe to start looking at everything else? You know, we, there was a one time when a major manufacturer of ammunition was having problems with their 193 loading, popping primers and to the point where certain companies were like, what the fuck are we doing wrong? And this is when I was working at another rifle company and we just couldn't figure out why the fuck we were getting so many rifles back with pop primers. And after doing a bit of deductive uh, research, came to find out, you know, this is what we were seeing with, you know, these lots of ammo that were out in the market. And it's not just one company's issue. It's all companies issue. So PD yeah. and other companies that decide to go big gas port are like, fuck it. We'll, we'll bore that bitch big. And you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll deal with the small amount of suppressor owners and they're over gassing, but the rest of the consumer market, you know, they'll, they'll never even know. Oh yeah. I, I fully agree with you on that. I, I know where they're coming from. But, you know, nonetheless. But, um, so Hodge Defense, quick, quick, want to head back there for a second. Yeah. Um, I've heard that their rails are possibly in the running new uh, M-Lock rail system. Um, I can't comment on that. Um, yeah. Just because I can't comment on anything government. Yeah. It's a job thing. Um, I Unfortunately. Will you, I will tell you, as a person who owns a Hodge rail, um, so I have a Mod 2, which is their lithium alloy upper and lower. Um, yeah. Their LI-1000, it was the the crazy shit with Alcoa. Like, it, it's the, like the most Gucciest thing you can fucking own. <laughs> and uh, the rail is super slim. It is unbelievably rigid. The only gripe I have with it is it gets hot as fuck super quick. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. It just, you know, the diameter is so small. It sits so, so close to the barrel. Dude, like, when I shoot that gun, I'll wear a, uh, I'll wear a club. Even yeah. after a mag, two mags, it, it becomes the point where I'm like, I'm going to put this down. Now, um, is it rigid enough where it holds zero with, like, an IR, like, a PEC-15? Oh, yeah. So, most good rails, DD, Knights, Hodge, Mega, Geisley, they've got the rail shit on lock. You know, yeah. you have to figure out size, weight, and rigidity. Um, companies that really go thin and have PCM. small, small, well, I'm not going to say any names. Um, PCM. <laughs> thin, uh, softer materials, smaller barrel nuts. They're the ones that run into it. Like if you can pick up a gun and squeeze the rail and see it move close to a barrel, that should be a big fucking clue that maybe this is not for nods work. Not to say it's not a great daytime gun. Um, but like the, my guns that have lasers, you can fucking hang my fat ass on them and they won't fucking bet. <laughs> now, that being said, I, I want to give BCM some credit because their fucking marketing with Black Powder Red Earth is fucking on point. Oh, dude, like, John Chang does some, some killer shit with that. Um, dude, and cool. honestly, like, BCM, BCM, Eric Kinsel, we wouldn't have MLOC today if it wasn't for what they were doing with Keymod. Was yeah. it the best system? It's debatable. That's all on personal preference. Do you prefer Ferrari or Fambo? It's your call. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't have MLOC. You didn't have Kima. You wouldn't have all these companies like Geisley 
and Hodge exploring different alloys, and I'm sure they were doing it long before then, but BCM was the first one to come out with their magnesium rails. Ultimately found out maybe that wasn't a smart idea. <laughs> hey, it didn't learn. It was light as fuck, though. Yeah. The best was watching a video with Ian from Recoil, like B to BCM. Oh, I love that. Post, and you just watch the rail bend, and you're like, ooh. ooh. I, don't know, I don't know if you want to put that on the internet. Why did they? <laughs> so that, that blew my mind, because I remember when that video came out. I, I have a post about it, you know, dregs of internet history. And I, like, I couldn't believe that they had that video up, because like, that rail got fucked up, dude. Hey, man, you push shit to the limit. Sometimes you find it in the dumbest of ways. Yeah, but I, I'm just surprised that they're like, yeah, let's post this. Yeah, I got an idea. What? Let's maybe, post it. <laughs> you know, maybe most manufacturers aren't expecting people to use their rifles like a bat on a telephone pole. Yeah. That's a good call. Uh, that's probably probably likely. Now, okay, here's where we want. I wanted us to get IR. Our lasers. So there's a lot of developments in the industry. Um, if you like the Engal and the Mall, uh, let's let's hit it, man. Um, I have uh, my experience laser-wise are PEC 15s, LA fives, and, uh-huh. uh, and then high-powered D balls. Um, I know uh, B Myers. Um, have a lot of great friends over there. Yeah. I will tell you that that laser should have won. On the pure ergonomics alone, I uh, fully agree, dude. Fully like agree. It is. Uh, first off, it's ambi, so lefty or righty, you can switch it. Um, you can run your light super tight on it. So I mean, it's it's a small, compact package. Um, the ability to switch between modes is really, really fast and very intuitive. Um, but the the first experience I had with it was Sophic last year. And I was hanging out with Matt, um, and he, he handed me the rifle, and he's like, just throw it up. And I didn't even think about it. Threw it up, threw my support hand on the rail, and it landed right on the fire butt. Oh, yeah. Um, the switchology of the system is amazing. Um, the fact that you can slave a light into it, again, amazing. Uh, the end gal looks neat because it's small and compact. But I think if you're looking at current – Laser, um, illuminators, designators, whatever you want to call them, uh, the pinnacle is the mall. No I, question. I, you, you know, I think the biggest thing for me when it comes to the mall was seeing the illuminator, that performance, even in the civilian version. Dude, like, the civilian amazing. version's fucking, it destroys my PEC-15. Like, yeah. The power PEC, the, you know, the mall C2 fucking Rex house. It, it's insanity. It's pure insanity. It's such, oh my God. So speaking of which, I do have my mall coming in tomorrow, and um, we're Ooh. doing a huge comparison with like a bunch of diff- different night vision uh, IR devices and stuff. But like, dude, I remember when I first handled the mall, like fucking wild, man. Like, they, how so, they, there had to be politics or something that came into play with that government contract them not getting the, uh, you know, losing out to the Engal because I don't know, man. It, was it price at all? Is is the Engal cheaper at all than the uh, mall? You won't know if it's a closed contract. They won't tell you. Yeah, that's true. It's true, but uh, you know, I'm thinking. I think that you're going to see the mall um, kind of begin to take the market. It, it. I mean, as the prior technology matures, I think it's going to take the market. Personally, 
So where did you get your mall from is my question. Where did I buy my mall? Yes. TNBC. Oh, man. Chip Lasky, Don Edwards, and Sam Houston. Some of my favorite people on this earth. Oh, dude, I've talked to Sam so much. So they're actually uh, – they're only about two hours north of me in Jacksonville. So oh, no shit. Whenever – like, if my nods ever have an issue, I can just drive up there. So I bought a set of AV Mod 3s. Sam built them. Um, absolutely great. But there was a uh, – when he pressed the tube in, there was a Delrin shaving on the front of the, uh, the tube. So like, I just drove up, he fixed it, took like five minutes. And I was like, man, this is convenient. <laughs> How do you like your ABs? Uh, you, you said you got them directly from there. How did they work for you? Um, okay, so I looked at it this way. I had two there's, – there's really two options for like affordable civilian binos. I can't yeah. fuck with, uh, with monoculars. My mind just can't balance the image. Ditto. So I looked at Sentinels, and I looked at AB Mod 3s. Fuck um, Sentinels. Sentinels, sorry. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, no, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't like the fact that you can see the wires when you look up in the housing. Um, yeah. The fact that they're also $2,500 more. Yeah. Plus the fact the AB Mod 3 offers me flexibility. So, like, if you came and you were staying at my house and we wanted to go night hunting, I can disconnect, you know, one of the ocular pods, hook it up to a spare helmet, and now we have two monoculars. Yeah. Well, if I'm not mistaken, they fold up really similar to the, um, the uh, 31s, don't they? No, um, they do. No, the mod threes don't. Back in the way, yeah, they are a rigid system. Um, the the DTNVG does. Yeah, oh. I was not hot on them. Um, if I ever get ball, you know, baller, and I become rich, thirty-one white boss is my my next goal. Dude, okay, white. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, Those, let's. That, let, 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 let's save that for the next segment. I think we'll end our first one here for now. So just just hold that thought. Fine. And, and we'll jump jump right back into it. Before we close this out, uh, everyone go ahead and give your social media shout-out for those listening to go and find you. You're up. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Adam Peeney, Knight's Armament. Uh, you can find us at Knight Arm Co. on Instagram. You can find me at Adam underscore P-I-N-I. Uh, you can email me, uh, A-P-I-N-I at KnightArmCo.com, or give me a call at the factory if you got any questions. Sick. Um, Grantham, go on YouTube, search Grantham. There's a big in block with bullets in it. That's me. Or Instagram, Instaho, whatever you want to call it. Grand underscore thumb. Fucking like, comment, subscribe, crush it. Hashtag winning. Press the little bell, all that, all that fun stuff. Press the little bell, do all that stuff. You sat here and listened to us talk into your ear centrally for 30 minutes. Hit that subscribe button. <laughs> do, you, do you plan those out ahead of time, or do you have like a notebook with, with various intros written out? I make them up as I go. <laughs> awesome. And you can find us at uh, – you can follow our podcast page, Guns, Gear, and Beer Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and be sure to check us out at moguns.com, M-O-E-G-U-N-S.com for all your obnoxiously patriotic apparel needs. Uh, thank you guys. And for those listening, be sure to jump into segment two, where we'll continue our shenanigans.